Hi, Laura. Welcome back for another episode. How are we? Hello. Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. I've got um, got a bit of a cold, so I apologise in advance for my uh, my dulcet tones. <laughs> it's had a, bit, a bit like a zip at the minute. Yeah, I, I kind of sound the same. So this is going to be awful for people listening. We're just going to be two snotty sods talking about a film. But hey ho, this is this is how we go. Um, so I've got you on today to uh, talk about the recent Wes Anderson film, The French Dispatch. Obviously, we've done our top five Wes Anderson films previously. So I thought best get you back on and just kind of have a brief discussion about it our kind of thought overall thoughts and then kind of perhaps we can see if that is broken into our top five Wes Anderson list that we already put in place so before we kind of go into too much detail I just wanted to run by you I know you've seen this twice now and a lot more recent than myself so I wanted to go to you first for your kind of initial thoughts kind of coming off the film recently and then perhaps yeah. we'll go into a deep, deep dive afterwards. So what are your initial thoughts on this latest film? Yeah, so I, yeah, I've seen it twice now. Um, so the first time I went to see it was um, in an Odeon and it was, it was fine, it was packed. But I think I, I was probably quite tired and mm. I was excited, obviously, because it's a Wes Anderson film, but I, I found it so overwhelming. Uh, it's it's the kind of film that you know I mean the way my initial thoughts of it was that it's like a it's a Wes Anderson film on steroids isn't it Mm -hmm. it's 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 got everything in there every every kind of theme every kind of way of filming but also some more stuff in there so there's quite a lot to take in and it was quite um, a big punch in the face of Wes Anderson mm-hmm. whimsy, I think that's how I would put it. And I was really worried, and I think we spoke about this on WhatsApp. In fact, I'll, like what you said to me was like, I'm really worried about it. I think I'm gonna hate it because it's gonna be too twee. And I yeah. was totally on the same, the same thing because I was really worried that it was gonna go down that avenue and be a little bit too whimsy, which I don't mm. really like. You know, like that kind of like Paddington kind of whimsy. You know, I I love that film, mm. but it's a kid's film, and yeah. it's and I think Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr Fox kind of goes down that, but it 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 does kind of like bring itself back in. So I was really worried when I was going in, and I because I was so overwhelmed when we first went to see it. I was a bit like, I don't know whether I like it or not, and I'm really confused. And of mm. course, I'm a huge Weather Anderson fan, so I, that leaves me in such a tricky position because I, I want to like it. And I, I think I walked out and thought, I don't hate it, so that's a good thing. That was Moonrise Kingdom for me. Yeah. We discussed yeah. I hated that. And that, yeah. that was too whimsy. That was too, it knew exactly what it was doing, and it was, I don't know, it was horrible I hate that film so <laughs> I was worried it was going to be another one of them because this is number 10 for him as well isn't it so you know I I think Moonrise Kingdom was five so you know we're going on those on that kind of counting system it's, yeah it, it was going to be a bum steer I think but anyway I thought I need to give it a second watch I think that was my overriding thought on the first viewing was it needs a second watch because there was so much in there and so much detail mm. And there were parts of it that I thought were really brilliant, but other parts that I thought weren't so great. 
so then I thought yeah I knew I was going to speak to you I'll go and see it but I went to go and see it in a gallery an art gallery which really helped I think <laughs> get you in this helped. get you in the mood for it it did because it was really it's quite you know where's Anderson in there the the actual the the curtains that they had in the cinema were really the same kind of colors as um you know the the scene with uh jeffrey Wright in it when he's doing that tv scene Mm, basically that it was really strange actually um so yeah so the second year i went by myself i had a hot chocolate i was ready for it and uh i loved it i loved it so much i was so pleased that i watched it in the second a second time and it's something that I would say to people as well is that you know it's worth a watch second time and I think it's been produced by Disney or it's been released by Disney so I bet it's going to be on Disney Plus oh nice oh, I didn't know that yeah. yeah I just saw it on um something earlier I didn't realize there was some kind of Disney link I could be wrong but I saw something um and it definitely needs it because it's got so much detail in it it's, mm. it's got so much detail and so many of his little things you know the you know the the dialogue and um the little in jokes and then some of the really amazing bits that he'd done that i think is quite new uh cinematography wise i think mm. i missed them the first time round and the second time round i was able to kind of like really take all of that in because i wasn't so preoccupied with how amazing everything else was or you know mm. the sound or the animation or it went from black and white to color really quickly in the same sentence sometimes and say, well why has that happened do I need yeah. to know what that happened yeah. <laughs> um I wasn't thinking so hard on it so yeah so overall I really do like it it's not my favorite it's definitely not my favorite yeah. film it's definitely it's 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 a good film but it's I don't think it would be top five no I I, I I'm pretty much gonna echo what you said on that first watch I think it was like an absolute Wes Anderson freight train of of stuff coming at you it was yeah. so I, I I mean I it's been a while since I've seen it It must have been about at least a couple of weeks now and it and I would say I yeah again I didn't come out really disliking it I just kind of went that was good um, and that's pretty much it. I, I couldn't honestly tell you what it was about because so much is happening. So much is going on. Um, the one thing I would say, I'm not a huge fan of anthology films as well. When there's, you know, multiple stories in one film. Um, there are films where it works, but generally speaking, I usually get attached to one of the stories and then it ends. And I'm like, I'd rather have seen that one story extended to a full feature and, or have you know those three stories as three individual films um which is kind of the main structure of this um for me the the out of the three stories i enjoyed the first story the most and it might have been because it was the first one but mm-hmm. um i thought that was the stronger of the three i wasn't a huge fan of the Charlemagne Francis McDormand story in the middle I I Mm. kind of lost track of that and wasn't really following what was going on I just like you said it's just it was just too much and that was my worry coming into this is that this is like you said Wes Anderson on steroids probably the best way to describe it because it is just too much I kind of I did I don't yeah I I I did like it I I'm I think I, for me it's uh, it was more an appreciation and respect from him as a filmmaker about the production value and obviously the um, 
amount, immense amount of effort he's put in for, you know, cinematography, the shots, the script, all the actors, you know, and you can tell he's probably having a great time doing it as well. The, you know, the cast as well is like, I'll probably say three quarters of them are people who have already been in a Wes Anderson film and the people who have joined fit being in a Wes Anderson film. That makes sense. Charlemagne, I think, fits in um, in some capacity. But I, what I wanted really from this film is I wanted it to be completely left field. I wanted it to be... Uh, I, I purposely didn't watch the trailer that much. I kind of went into this relatively fresh which I tend to do with most films now, really. But I wanted it to be something... I feel like I've seen... I know what Wes Anderson... I know what to expect, really. And that's my problem with this, is I just got what I thought was what I was going to get. Nothing really was dramatically unique from what I've seen before, really. It's, you know, I'm expecting, like, really well framed shots i'm expecting like quirky colors and bold colors i'm expecting fast witty script I, I got all that but there was nothing else to push it further to great i think i think the one thing that, that stood out for me i really enjoyed the animation in the third film i kind of wanted like it, maybe if one of the stories was the whole animation like that to make them really kind of stand out a bit more but yeah that was my main sort of gripe with it is it it, it <laughs> It would take me a lot to kind of watch it again, to be honest. I think mm. what you said on the second viewing that I, you definitely, I'd definitely be more prepared watching it again, knowing it, how intense it is and how fast paced it is. But yeah, it didn't, it's definitely not up there as for me either in, in, the, in the top five territory of, of his films. And what are your thoughts then on, on that kind of anthology piece as well? Is that something you, that didn't bother you or did you would you have preferred to you know stick with one story and see it through yeah i think i think i would always prefer to have one story but i don't i don't i didn't hate it i thought it was mm. quite good that you know everything was quite well rounded in each one of them um yeah i, I wasn't overly bothered i think my see my i i'd be different to you where I thought the animation was quite good that it was just kind of like in pieces mm. just kind of to kind of quicken something along or um change the perspective of uh the like the, the last the last one where they're doing that car chase mm. you know it's amazing that they've done that with animation rather than doing it in live action because you know yeah. Could have done, yeah, because you know, like Bond just did that, didn't they? And it could have looked a bit like Bond, <laughs> yeah. You know, that quite square where the, the car spins. I'd love around. to see a Wes Anderson Bond, that would be brilliant, <laughs> but yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so uh, it doesn't it doesn't bother me as such. I've watched a lot of films that have that, like with loads of different stories. There's um, there's a film specifically about Paris called Paris Chatem, and that's got like mm. 13 films in one. That was a bit, bit grating, if I'm honest. Yeah. That was a bit too much. And there would be ones where I'm just like, I don't like that one actually, but I'm, you know, the, the one yeah. after it was pretty good. So no, it didn't it didn't bother me as such. The I think it, it was it was just very French, I think, because there's a lot of yeah. films that aren't think, especially French films, that have, you know, act one, two, and three, and you you would see it like that anyway. So not that these were linear stories that you could do that with, but I do quite like it when films do have like acts so you can like almost right. 
like chapters is, yeah yeah which i think is quite is quite the way that he works you know being an absolute nerd about him mm. you know i know that he, every he has he's like a he's got an ensemble of players isn't he so there everything's a play to me but he, he does it all the sets and you know specifically this film they just like took over a town and they all like lived there slept there mm. the sets there even the animation was done there as well all oh wow there. Yeah, so, and then all of the people that lived in the town were all extras. So I think that just enhances it for me that, you know, they're all the same same people every, every time. And this was more like a play, but not with a linear story, I suppose. Right. Yeah. It didn't bother me, is what I'm saying. And I yeah. think, I just going back to what you were saying before, where you were like, I know what I'm getting with Wes Anderson. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what you're going to get with Wes Anderson, but I also do think that they're again on the second watch, you see the little bits that he's done different. There's these little things that he's kind of moved things around. So like, he's always doing those, uh, you know, those frames where like it looks like a picture but somebody moves in it. So what's it called? Like a tableau vivo or something like that. Mm. So like there's a frame and then somebody turns around in it, right? He does that all the time. But then there was a load of the load of scenes specifically in that first one and um, where um, it was a massive set piece and all of the characters were there and they were all just standing still but you knew they weren't still they were there mm, just yeah yeah you know that's a, that's a you know something that he's not redone really before um playing with light and action as well so in that second act um with timothy chalamet and um i don't know the other person's name in it um, where they're on the motorbike and they've got that light kind of flashing while they're like getting away like that's a real it looks like um that film Inferno that that old uh, I think it's a French film that never got finished uh, got Romy Schneider in it and it's like just played with light and stuff mm. so I, I I I disagree I think I think it's it's moved it on I think the delivery was wrong so putting it all in the one thing <laughs> like look at this yeah. look at this look at this yeah. was hard to take in um but when you're going to watch an alter you you know isn't that part of it isn't that part of the fact that when you're watching a Kubrick film you you know that certain things are going to happen right you yeah know- but, but with but with Kubrick he's he changed genres quite a lot and I think Wes Anderson doesn't really do genre filmmaking. I would love to see a Wes Anderson horror. Imagine like a, a Wes Anderson who done it. You could have the the witty, you could have the cinematography, but maybe slow it down a bit and just play with genres a bit more. I feel like this is this is just a well done, well directed uh, Wes Anderson film, and and that's what I came to expect. And that, but but not, I didn't come out of it going that was. You know, fair point what you're saying about different um, filming techniques. That's that's great. I kind of come to expect that in a way. You can kind of build upon what he's already done um, throughout the, the life of his films. But there wasn't one thing out of this film where I thought, wow, that's a really cool thing that I didn't expect Wes Anderson to do. I, I, I think if he, I would, like I said, I, I would love if he just... That's why I liked Fantastic Mr. Fox, because he'd made a few films and he's gone, right, I'm going into a stop motion animation now. And I'm like, wow, OK, that's a completely different. Yes, it's still got the the witty, fast paced script. Yes, it's still got some of the actors and voice actors that he's used before. But it's a completely different like area of cinema that he's gone into. I feel like 
French cinema, he's kind of has been an inspiration for him in his other films as well. But I would like to, I would just love for him to just do. I think a horror would in in a Wes Anderson style would be really great. I'd love to see that. But I just I just felt like I got what I expected, and that is fine. Like you said, he is an auteur, but um, just something else to make it stand out a bit, a bit more from the bunch. I think is probably what I'm trying to say. Ooh. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> 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 I disagree. Yeah, I, I totally, I hear your point, but I, I, I think... Well, me, like you said, you said Kubrick, right? Uh, one minute he's done, you know, the greatest sci-fi film ever made. Yes, his shots are very similar, but he's gone into sci-fi. Then he goes into, you know, does um, Clockwork Orange, completely different type of genre film, then does things like The Shining and then does Full Metal Jacket. They're completely different films, all filmed by the same director in the same way, but you get different feelings from those films other than... Wes Anderson, where it's like, I've just got the quirky comedy that, and it's filmed really well from Wes Anderson. I like it, but I, I need something a bit different. Like I need him to go into different territories again. I feel like he's, I already know he's really good. Let's go into a different territory, maybe out of his comfort zone and see how he thrives there. That's the risk taking I would like to see from him, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kubrick obviously didn't write his own films though, did he? So they're all books. So that's true that, but that's but but each film is is a completely different genre isn't it it's it, he's, he's gone right okay i've done sci-fi let me jump into horror let me jump into wharf movies let me jump into comedy he's done all that um you know and and to to kind of uh go on the other side of the coin of my own <laughs> my own argument i know there are other directors that that fit the same mold as well they, they find their niche and they'll stick with it but I think for me now I'm getting a bit maybe tired of Wes Anderson's uh work I would like I'd like to see him do something a bit more outrageous now um yeah I can see your point and I think he's probably maybe going down the 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 line and this is what we were discussing before before we saw the film that we were a bit worried about so mm where maybe he's going down that line of, sorry to mention him, but Woody Allen, of write the film, make the film in a year, and it's usually mm. just the same. It's basically somebody playing a, a version of him yeah. in a different thing, isn't it? Where yeah. And then he, he strikes gold with, like, you know, Annie Hall, Midnight mm-hmm. in Paris, where it's basically the same person, but in a different time and maybe in a bit of a different space. Yeah. And we've all got all the same things and stuff. So I kind of get where you're coming from. Um, but I don't, I don't, what I don't agree with is that, you know, and what you were saying earlier was just that the amount of work. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I don't think it's lazy. I don't oh, think God, no. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's not lazy directing. It's not lazy writing. I think it's, it's, it seems like everything that he does, he puts everything in. And he, mm. I think, you know, he, he'll look at a place. He's, he's obviously gone around France and tried to find, like, a town that he thinks is, you know, perfect for this story. And then he's just, you know, taken it into his brain and then mm. added to it, which I think is, you know, very typical of an auteur, isn't it? And um, not... And and I and yeah, this is this is a French film or three French films, isn't yeah, it? definitely. But I don't think he's 
he's always done that I think you know I, the stuff that I always th think that he referred he's he's you know like Scorsese's early 70 films 70s films like Mean Streets and stuff like that's Royal Tenenbaums for me and you know those little things I think it's, and with this film as well there's there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of 1970s kind of pastel colours in it that from that's like I've been watching some I'm still on my Italian 1970s film nice moment is it Fellini stuff Oh, I love Fellini. I'm a big fan. I need to get through a few more, but I watched um, Suspiria the other day. Yes, like, Argento. Like, yeah, like 1972, I think that was. And it's just, I mean, it's a terrible film, but it's beautiful. <laughs> it's it's yeah. amazing. You know, just in terms of the light and those pastel-y colours and stuff. So I think, you know, and that's Italian. And I did, I put two and two together there. I kind of thought, well, he seems, it seems like he's watched a lot of those types of films. So... So, yeah, no, I do see your point, but, you know, I'm going to stand up for him, whatever. So. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought that would be a losing battle. I do, I feel like I already know he's amazing and can do these things in his sleep. As as, And like you said, he's definitely not lazy. I would just like to see, right, let's go into new territory and see how he fares there, I think is what I mean. Um, yeah. Just want to run by you the casting in this. Obviously, there is a shit ton of people in there. A lot yeah. of people that have been in... Um, a majority of Wes Anderson's films previously, was there any roles or actors, actresses that stood out in this, either, you know, new or old, that, that stood out in this film for you? Um, well, I really love Tilda Swinton anyway. I think she's... She's hilarious. I think, and she, she was just brilliant in this anyway, I think. Just, just, she's really subtly brilliant, I mm. think. Because she was only really a small part in that first first story, so she was the um, she was given a, a talk. lecture, wasn't it? Yeah, a lecture, wasn't it, about the um, Benedicto del Toro Toro's um, character and the story behind that, and it kind of flashed in between her being there at the time and then at the lecture. I just loved the lecture because she. <laughs> Just such a wonderful character. As soon as she kind of started talking, you thought, well, this is a woman that you can tell is like seeing the world. She's very intelligent. Um, she's got like one eyebrow curled at all times. <laughs> like she knows it all. She's been everywhere, seen everything, that type of person. But it doesn't really give anything away until halfway through when she was just, she, <laughs> she just stopped and she said, I'm going to have my drink now. And she... <laughs> She just ducked down and just poured a whiskey out. I thought, yes, this is great. <laughs> so at, that, at that point, she kind of um, walked out and then started talking about how the, the painter, you know, that he wasn't mentally very well. And then started to like divulge a story about actually where <laughs> they nearly had sex or something. Yeah. It's just, oh, and everybody went, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, so she um, forgot where she was and was like, I had to rein it back in. It was, like, yeah, it was quite funny totally. to watch it. It was really funny and I, I liked how every part of hers was punctuated. It kept coming back to the lecture and then she'd pause and then she'd put a hand on her hip and pose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, it was, yeah, it was easily one of the uh, shorter um, performances, but easily stood out the most, I think, yeah. out of the others. I think um, for me, the one... The one that kind of took me a surprise is Leah Sadu and how she is introduced to the film. It was like, bam, naked. I was like, I knew you were going to say that. And it's I like, you're in, you're in 
the Bond film at the minute. It's yeah, well, she, uh, yeah it took me out of surprise. She's nearly nude in that anyway, I suppose. I don't, what, what I will say about her character in it is, you know, yeah, you see her like that really nude, you know, completely nude um, mm. in that first 10 minutes. And then, you know, for the rest of the time that you're with her, she's straight laced, kind of hat on, yeah. you know. Policing. Well, it's like hat on, hair up. Yeah. She's completely covered pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was probably the point, wasn't it? So just to show, actually, she was quite controlled, really. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought she was pretty good. I I always love Adrian Brody. I think he's he does that kind of fury very well. He's one of those actors that I absolutely love when they do fury, like John Malkovich, for example, where he can go naught to ten in like yes, yeah. second and like, love it. It's brilliant. Um, and then, um. Jeffrey Wright I thought was brilliant because he's supposed to be kind of like a take on James Baldwin so that I thought was pretty pretty genius and the way that yeah. he played it pretty well it was pretty good so yeah I, yeah I think he pretty much stole the the scene I mean I know his that was his story in the third sort of act of the film but he he really shone in that moment I think he he was um and again he was in the recent Bond film and a very short moment but he really stole the show, I think, from that like, that final sort of bit. He was a yeah, really good addition. I think po- possibly he was his first Wes Anderson film. I don't think yeah. he was in anything previously. I mean, he was in something, but I can't remember. I don't know if he was in a smaller role like in Moonrise Kingdom or anything, but uh, I, I, I thought at least for me it was the first time, but I think he fit into that sort of Wes Anderson world quite well, which was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlemagne, I thought... Um, fit in from like a, a look perspective in Wes Anderson's film I don't know I don't know what I thought of him actually I still don't know what I think of him um, in this film at least I, 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 I already said that I thought that story was the weaker or not maybe not the weaker but the one I found less interesting than the other two um, and I thought because the whole kind of point of that story or an element of that story was his relationship with Francis McDormand's character and I didn't feel like they had any sort of on-screen chemistry whatsoever so maybe that was part of it that I didn't that didn't work for me um but yeah I thought overall everyone was quite good I I did enjoy Bill Murray uh, in this kind of being the head of the the newspaper version of Bill Murray um I actually thought the the ending was quite touching um that was probably the most emotional bit out of the whole film when it all came to kind of come together and after that sort of big rush and influx of these three stories it all sort of came together and everyone met in that like office mm. and were retailing uh stories of of bill murray's character after his death and stuff like that um but yeah i thought it was a really i don't know if you felt the same that kind of took me by surprise a bit it almost caught up with the whole three plot threads and you know um how what they all meant to each of those characters did that did you get that same sort of feeling towards the end yeah i think so um i i always love a little bit more of bill murray though i always think that he should be in more things but i yeah um yeah i i did think that was that was nice and it did tie everything up together um specifically because it was you know three stories and they are linked in some way and that is your link isn't it um one, the one thing that I would say that I was really, there's two people I was very disappointed 
about was um, Elizabeth Moss. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She, yeah for, she, forget what in. Yeah, she really yeah. do much. Well, she, I pers- when, I, when I saw the trailer, I thought, oh, she's perfect for a Wes Anderson film. Perfect. Because mm. she was Peggy in Mad Men and she basically yeah. needed to play Peggy in Mad Men and she didn't. And it, I, I thought it was pants. <laughs> and re- or either that or she was really underutilised. And mm. then... And this is, I think that, you know, you'll get the same, you'll have the same um, reaction. Christoph Waltz, again, I'm constantly disappointed by that man. And it pisses me off because <laughs> he is so good. And he kind of turns up in Bond as his shit. Now in a Wes Anderson film, <laughs> shit in that too. Just I, I'd, forgot, I'd forgot he was even in this, to exactly. be honest. He didn't need to be. You could have just put any kind of character actor in there because he really didn't do a thing. And I'm sick of going to see films and thinking, oh, Christoph Fox is in it. I can't wait to see that. And he's just bollocks. Yeah. It's, just, it's really annoying because he's really good. I think yeah. he's a really good actor. And, you know, when you see him interviewed, you know, he's really, he's really smart. And just I never saw any of that in this film. So they're, they're two people that I was really disappointed in and just really loved the fact that Fonzie was in it as well, very briefly as well. Who's in it, sorry? Fonzie. Oh yeah, yeah, he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's. I think another one that I thought was like I don't know if I was disappointed, but I'd like to see more of was Owen Wilson as well. I always feel like he is kind of the staple Wes Anderson poster boy, kind of really. He's kind of been there from the start since sort of Bolt Rocket, Um, and I kind of wanted to see him a bit more as well. And maybe the point was he. He didn't want to have his go-to guys in the limelight in his stories, but um, we kind of got that whole piece with him cycling around uh, Paris, France, somewhere. Um, but that was kind of it. And then he was in there at the at the end. Um, but yeah, he wasn't really in it that much. And that, I always, that's another concern I have for Wes Anderson films is, and I don't know the answer is, so I don't know, if sometimes it's like it's just too much would you i think i would rather have you know a smaller subset of actors in bigger parts than here is you know 40 actors that you recognize that are on screen for two minutes like it's it's a bit too much now i think he needs to rein that back in a bit i think something like grand budapest was probably the right amount there's still some, you know, Adrian Brody's character, for example, is on there quite a lot. Ralph Fiennes is obviously the main character, really. Um, but I think that was the, the right balance of enough quirky actors and actresses that you recognise on screen for the right amount of time to, you know, firstly, remember their names and secondly, to get even slightly invested in them. Mm. Uh, I feel like this was, there was just too much. And I think the anthology setup did, didn't help that really because you've got three stories, three full of their own individual characters that warrant a new actor-actress to play them. So I think I think really for the next Wes Anderson film, I think he needs to strip it back a bit more and maybe just have a reliable 10 Wes Anderson uh, cast that he's used before and just make them solid characters and, you know, uh, yeah. in a better story. You know, maybe he will do that. And I, I'd, I would, 
I would prefer that. And I, I think I, I agree with you on that aspect because, you know, I, there, there was there were so many people in there. I just, it was it was too much. And, you know, like, like I was saying that, you know, underutilised people, you just think, well, why were they there? It just seems, seems a bit mad. I would have preferred somebody that, you know, was like a character actor. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think this kind of goes back to what we were saying about, you know, you, your traditional Wes Anderson film has depth. And I think this mm. is them. So they, 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 these would be my two main negatives about it is that the, the cast is too vast. And, you know, I I also would also like to see more of Owen Wilson. I always do, big fan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get it, but I, I do think that that was a really perfect role for him. And I enjoyed that yeah. part. I thought it was really good. So I'm not, I'm not too bothered about it. But yeah, I think when you're, you put in like, Fonzie, <laughs> one of you think, Jesus, what's he doing here? You know, like it's, it's a bit weird. And I think, you know, if we go back to like my favourites, like Darjeeling and um, Royal Tenenbaums, those, mm. they still have an ensemble cast, especially Royal Tenenbaums, mm. but there's depth to it, yeah. you know? And there's, but then, you know, it's a feature film, isn't it? So there's this time allowed to have the depth, but when you have all of those people, but then I suppose it's going back to those kinds of like, you know what are those films like 1940s English films that just had everybody and everybody anybody in it you know like you just chucked a load of names and everybody was talking in a high-pitched Queen's English voice and you just think oh yeah I've seen him like in a thousand films before you know yeah. so maybe maybe it's a nod to that but yeah I'm not I, I don't think it worked very well yeah I, I think it's just too much uh, I'll be I, I wonder well I wonder what he will do next um I hope he does think, okay, this was maybe a bit too much of, on the Wes Anderson scale. Um, maybe, I think Royal Tenenbaums is a good basis to refer back to. I think it was, like you said, it did have an ensemble cast, but they were all tightly woven in and like involved in the, all the same plot as well, if that makes sense. They were all, you know, it was obviously all about family, really, but you kind of, you, you, I, you know, I've seen it obviously a couple of times, but you know, they all have kind of a purpose to be on screen rather than here's an actor in a role, tick, you know, hit, get another actor that's quirky in a Wes Anderson film, tick, you know, they're off on screen, off screen, and that's it. Yeah. That it just feels like a tick box exercise in this. Um, yeah, I agree. Just a quick question. I've said that then. On the next Wes Anderson film what would you want to see and what would you sort of not want to see? Not not necessarily solely based on this, but what would you kind of want to see next from, from him? I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to even presume to want to tell him what to do. And I think <laughs> he just needs to carry on doing what he needs to do. All I do know is that I know Margot Robbie's signed up for his next film. Okay. So that'll be interesting to see how she fits into that world because, you know, she's very talented but she's not somebody that I would I would put in a Wes Anderson film um so I'd be interested to see that yeah I think I could probably only really say what I wouldn't want to see would be I'd like I would like to see a bit more depth definitely and narrative and I wouldn't want to have another film that had three films in it yeah (laughs) and I'd want to see a really nice narrative and I on the second watch 
you do get those little points of humour. So you know how like Wes Anderson films are not obviously humorous. They just have that underlying, mm. you know, kind of dark humour that kind of sits within it and pokes its head up every now and then. And it makes you go, oh. you know, yeah. I remember thinking in the Odeon, nobody was laughing, but in in the gallery, when I saw it my second watch, there was quite a few chuckles and a few like, people got it. Getting it, yeah. Getting it and understanding it. I think... Um, not to say that the Odin, Odin full of pig shit. That's thick as pig shit they were. <laughs> I just, I think he's got, he has very smart humour, doesn't he? And yeah. so you, you don't always get it first time round. And um, just those kinds of slapstick bits that you know that I miss. You know, like I suppose the stuff that J- Jason Schwartzman would ever would bring into it. That yeah. kind of like another another one who was in this very very briefly as well, wasn't he? Yeah, but I think he he wrote some of it. So I think, and I I think the second film has got him written all over it. I think right. he's written that really heavily, which I'm really surprised that you don't like it on that that point. <laughs> yeah, no, it. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan, and it's weird. I only found out who his mum is the other day for the for the first time. Do you know who is Jason Schwartzman's mum is? I feel like I know, but it's um Adrian from Rocky. Oh my god! Really? I didn't have a clue. And I was like, uh? or what's the name? Connie from uh, Godfather as well. Yeah. I didn't wow. have a clue because obviously they've, well, they've got two different surnames, but um, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I, it was the second one that I just didn't feel anything for really. I think the third one I enjoyed because the animation and Jeffrey Wright's performance stood out a lot more. And the first one I enjoyed the, um, well, just I thought that was the stronger story, and I think maybe it's because it was the first one, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I think for me next, I, I've already said it, I won't say it too much again, but I think I think a Who Done It would be quite interesting. You could have because Who Done It's often if you think of something like Murder on the Orient Express, you've got all these characters, and you could have all of your Wes Anderson favourites in these particular roles. And you yeah. could do that, like almost like a over-the-top Cluedo, I think totally. would be so good. Yeah, you're very right. That's really interesting that I bet you he's been offered something like that and he's gone, no. Do you know what I mean? He'd yeah. be perfect for that. But it's a bit like um a bit like Knives Out, isn't it? I thought Knives yeah. Out had a bit of Wes Anderson about it, and I was pleasantly surprised about that film. I thought mm. it was gonna be shit, and it was really good. Um that's a really good good because when you said horror earlier i thought no i don't know whether that would be okay but yeah like a who done it or a caper or some sort of you know that would be pretty cool i didn't yeah. think of it like that would be really great because uh, you've got you've got you've got a setup where, that includes off the bat a lot of characters mm. like straight away and i think murder murder on the orient express or, or films on that ilk are perfect for that because then you and you've got all your actors they can be celebrities anyway we already know coming into Wes Anderson you know you're going to get all these wide array of celebrities that that fit the mold of the of his film so you could start with that and add in the quirky script and you know incredible visuals as well and I think it'd be really interesting um okay so to kind of summarize then your thoughts of this um i think we've kind of covered a lot of bases but if you were to summarize and then give a, a score out of 10 for french dispatch what, what would you go for to summarize it i think 
I would I'd go back and say it's where's Anderson on steroids and watch it watch it twice that's yeah. that would be my that would be my review I think I'm not going to say that I loved it I'm growing to love it so the more and more that I see clips of it um online or the trailer again or I was listening to the soundtrack earlier I was just like oh yeah this is pretty good this is you know I think it's probably more because of the craft of it the craft is so impeccable um like you say like the animation and the you know the cinematography is is it's just beautiful it's it's a really beautiful film I think dialogue wise there's bits of it that's fantastic and I and you know the the normal Wes Anderson, Roman Coppola kind of quips, which I quite like. Um, but yeah, I think it, it failed on a couple of points, um, casting for sure, just those people that I don't think needed to be in it. Um, and it lacked depth in there for me. And that, you know, almost what I think Darjeeling and Royal Tenenbaums bring mm. to that kind of actual, there's, there's a real sadness underneath all of them. And I think mm. I mentioned that last time we spoke was that, there's that actual, there's quite a lot of tragedy in those stories, but it's, it's, it's quite humorous and beautiful with it. Um, I don't, I, I think it's almost unfair to rate this film with the others because it is quite separate because there's three, three separate parts to it, three separate vignettes of, of stories. And there's almost so much in there that it's just very difficult to unpick it, I think. And yeah. I don't hate it, but I don't, absolutely love it but I feel like I'm going to grow to really really enjoy it every time I see it because no doubt I'll watch it again um and I, there were parts of it that I thought were just filmed beautifully um so I wouldn't put it in my top five no it, it's definitely better than Moonrise Kingdom because everything else is better than Moonrise Kingdom um but I'd give it a good solid seven like yep. seven and a half I think and I think that's purely just down to the, the effort and the craft and the beauty of it rather than you know it being a really wonderfully made film like yep. not, that's not what I mean what I mean is it's a Wes Anderson film you like you said you you've got the package there and it's brilliant and it's fantastic and it's 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 fan, you know like fanciful and whimsy and all that yeah. kind of thing but it wasn't grounded enough I think that's what I'm getting to it's not yeah. it's not a grounded film and I think it's overwhelming yes in a, in a good way though yeah in a, in a good way. I, I would I pretty much echo all of that I think it is I think if there is a a, a measurement for Wes Anderson-ness I think this is the high end of the scale um, mm. and I think it shouldn't go any further than this I think it'd be too much I think it'd be too intense I think, like you said, any more actors um, starring in this would be it'd be absolute overload. Um, I think scrap the anthology uh, setup or format moving forward. Um, you, you know, you've done that now. I think, for me at least, well, it sounds like both of us. It's it, it, it's proven to be a bit too much. I I also don't hate it. I think it's maybe. I maybe appreciate this more once it becomes available for home viewing that way you can kind of process it and even just pause it and be like right what's going on <laughs> I even put some subtitles on and go right I'm you know understanding what what you're saying a bit um I think maybe I I have a feeling as well on second view and I might appreciate that more because I know going in 
the level of intensity on, you need to prepare for to keep on the ball with it and probably drink a lot of coffee to to under, to keep up with the pace of it. Um, I, I too would give this 7 out of 10. I still think it is better than most films in general, you know, in the landscape of cinema. Um, so although 7 out of 10, well... As, as Wes Anderson films go, it's lower in the spectrum, but that is only because all these other films are, for the most part, really, really good or great. Um, so, yeah, it is lower down the pecking order for me and doesn't doesn't break into the, the top five, but it is a tough top five to break into, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, it's, it's certainly not put me off as a director. Um, I'll definitely be back for more. I'm hoping that whodunit... Uh, idea comes to fruition i think it'd be really really interesting to see that well you i would let's, let's just yeah i might do he only you know lives nearby no it doesn't matter um but yeah it'd be good to see i'd like to see him kind of go into different territory and see if that works and if it doesn't work then he knows what not to do and go back to his kind of safety zone i guess but it'll be interesting to see what he does next at least but yeah, yeah. it sounds like at least we've got the same score from it yeah. i definitely would like to see it again i think i'll probably snap it up on blu-ray when it comes out to add to the collection um and try and give it another go but yeah, yeah we'll see how we go yeah yeah I, I i agree i think it i think you'll like it on a second viewing i think you'll you'll you, you just you get a bit more immersed in it i think you're not so like Oh, yeah. shit. I need to pay attention to all this stuff. So. And also, I didn't really have the best screening. A lot of people were walking in 20 minutes into the film and your immersion just goes out the window when stuff like that happens. People, every time I've been to the cinema in the past few months, there's so many people that do that. They just come in, walk in. Remember when we went to see Nomadland and that happened? Mm, Some people yeah. just walk in like halfway through. Like, what? And but then I don't, back what I don't get is you get the screen time, then you get half an hour of trailers, and then you're half an hour late. You're an hour late for the film, really. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> well, I, I, if I even missed like the first few minutes, I'm like, I can't, I can't sit through it now. I feel like I've missed something vital. To okay. miss like 20 minutes, it's like, why are you here? You're not a fan. And this, and this is, I, this is why I'm always there, even for the trailers. I'm there when the lights are on, mate, because I love oh, it. No. I love it. I love getting there, getting my seat, and then you know, eating all my settling. Food film starts you know that kind of stuff but yeah I don't I don't like going in and being that person that walks in the dark and goes sorry 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 oh, I'm in the wrong row sorry yeah I just hate them people don't want to be that person so <laughs> no fair play Uh, right, well, thank you for your time today. Um, talk about French Dispatch. Probably you were always always going to be the person to speak to about this. I know you're a diehard Wes Anderson fan. Um, so, yeah, thanks for your time on discussing this. And perhaps we'll get you on again sometime soon for another episode. Yeah, love to. Thanks, mate. Cool. All right. Speak to you soon. Bye.